My friend Gigi Cervantes wrote that song. Nothing but angels. Can you believe it? An angel is a messenger of God. So I would say that whenever you get a message, you can call that an angel. And whoever brings you the message, whether it's a message you want at that moment or not, <laughs> you have been given a message from an angel. And that's what I want to talk about today when, is that the title I chose is Love Matters and I love plays on words. So like love matters, of course, in that it's important, but love matters as in the energy of love manifests in matter, in material things when we use it for that. That is, like the song says, I'm the thinker who thinks the thought. We choose the way we look at the world, and the way we choose to look at it is the way we begin to see it, and the way we see it is the way we react to it and act from it. And when we take responsibility for seeing good, for seeing love, and for when we don't see love, seeing, oh, then that is a place where love is calling to be. If you don't see love, then that means much love is needed in that spot, in that very spot. So a basic of new thought is that thoughts held in mind produce after their kind. The things that you think about over and over again, the thoughts that you choose, the things that you hold to be true for your life will produce manifestations of those things. Do you believe that? Yeah. Okay. What I would also say is that there's been a lot of talk in the last few years with the secret and the law of attraction that if you want something in your life, you just focus all your attention on it and you make a vision board. And if you focus on a Mercedes, you will get a Mercedes. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that that's not true. But what I'm saying is what you focus on says something about your values. <laughs> right? And this law of attraction that says everything that happens in your life is something you drew to you, I have a hard time with because when a tsunami hits and millions of people are affected, you know, were they all holding some bad thought of tsunami? No, 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 no. It's much subtler than that. Do we have power of ourselves? We don't have power. That's what Jesus said. I of myself can do nothing. It is the Father within me who does the works. It is the Father within me who does the works. So do we have power? Not of ourselves, but do we have access to power? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. In, in the words of 12-step, we can come to believe that a power greater than ourselves can restore us to anything good and everything good. And so, yeah, this law of attraction thing is kind of a fun thing to play with. You focus on something and you see it show up in your life. Every once in a while, that stuff happens in a mic drop sort of way. So I had this experience not too long ago of I went on this um, tour of Scotland, and it was my third or fourth time there, but the first time I had taken a tour, and the tour guide and I got to be really, um, you know, friends. We talked a lot. We had a lot in common spiritually. 
And we talked about the fact, she said, you know, you might want to host a tour sometime. I do a sacred Scotland tour where we, where we tour sacred sites. And I said, ooh, now that, that would interest me. Just a tour, no, but a sacred tour, yeah, that would interest me. So sometime maybe 24, 25, 26, next few years, let's have a talk about that and see what happens. And we all went home and three days later, she sent me a text and said, my Sacred Scotland tour next May just had 12 cancellations. Would you like to be the host? And I said, well, let me think about that. I need to talk to Bob. Let me, ooh, does that, is that gonna fit? And then I went, what am I saying? Yes! <laughs> did I put it out into the universe that I wanted to do that? And did the universe show up in a really big, loud, in-your-face way? Yes. And does that always happen that way? No. No, it doesn't. That was a cool moment. It was a cool moment. But what I know is that in much subtler ways, when I put love out into the world, I get love back. When I see a person who is angry or cussing or cutting me off in traffic or whatever, I can either get angry myself, thus adding the energy of anger to anger, which anger plus anger equals what? Healing? I don't think so. <laughs> anger plus anger equals anger. But if I hear someone's anger and I have trained myself through practice to go, oh, there is a place, there is someone who's needing love in this moment. Is it mine to give? Is it mine to give? And that doesn't mean, oh, honey, I know you're angry because you need love. So let me just give you some love. That's likely to make them more angry. Every once in a while that might work. But in our minds, in our very, very powerful minds, we can know, ooh, no one attacks someone because they feel really good about themselves inside. No one attacks you because their self-esteem is so high. Everyone who attacks someone is trying to heal some wound inside and bless their hearts. They're going about it in all the wrong ways. And so, at the very least, we cannot add our violent thoughts to whatever is coming our way. That might be all that's ours to do. I won't react to violence with violence. And I don't mean just physical violence. Violent thoughts, violent words. Oh yeah, you, that's violence. The very least, I cannot return violence for violence. Or what if I return love for violence? Maybe I don't need to leak my love all over them, but perhaps I can just hold love, have compassion for whatever their hurt is. I don't know what it is, but have compassion for it. And send some love from my heart. You know how to do that. When you say, I'm praying for somebody, somebody that you love, what are you doing? Are you formally saying a bunch of words, you might be doing that, but what you're really doing is sending your heart and your intention and your love to that person with all your might. We get to do that every day. We get to see people who are not acting the way we want them to act as perhaps spiritually ill. And then we know the only thing that can heal a spiritual illness is love, and so we can give love from near or from far. Energy. This is all about energy. So 
I'm just gonna read, I love to look up these, when I use these words, I love to look them up in Webster. Energy means usable power, spiritual force, exertion or power, the fundamental entity of nature that is transferred between parts of a system in producing physical change within the system. Think about that, energy. Nothing happens without energy. And everything that you see is energy. We perceive it as matter. And that's something that the sages have known for millennia and that the scientists are now going, oh golly, that's actually true. <laughs> Everything is moving atoms. Sometimes they organize themselves in a way where we can see something physical and have the perception of being able to touch it. And sometimes they're not organized in that way. But matter always goes back to energy and energy is the only thing that matter can come from and neither ever truly go away they simply change form so do you have this energy of love at your disposal yeah do you ever feel some days like no i do not <laughs> today is the day that anybody who needs love better be loving themselves because i don't even have enough for me when we're sick when we're tired when we're overwhelmed yeah yeah, and that's okay because we can give love to ourselves. That is a call for love, y'all. And you are no less important than anyone else. You bring love to bear in your own life and you can even reach out to safe people and say, I'm feeling unloved today. I just wanted to connect with you for a minute because I know you love me. Yeah. And in that way, we get in the habit of using love for good. Well, love can only do good. There's nothing else love can do except good. And so energy, I, 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 instead of E equals MC squared, it's energy plus focus times love or a recognition of a call for love makes this wheel of matter. And the unfortunate thing is that the opposite of that can do that too. There's a call for love. Well, I'm going to add my call for love to your call for love. And now we're even deeper than we were when we started. And we can do that for as long as we want. But the moment you decide to do it differently, you can get that wheel going in the other direction. I love the line in Gigi's song, those who would do you harm have just forgotten who they are. If you knew you were a beloved child of God, created in love, for love, to love, and loved at every moment, how many people would you go around harming? Amen. You wouldn't. And so our job is to remember ourselves and then to help others remember. And we have this cool community, play on words again, Church of One Love, our, this cool community where we get to come together and help remind each other, look in each other's eyes and go, I am love for you today. And see, you are love for me today. Thank you. And to also see where, oh, I think someone may have forgotten where their love comes from. So let me see if I can help. Can I see if I can help? Can I give somebody a hug? Yeah, we're here to remember and to remind, and we get to do that. And there is another um, idea. There is only love. 
there is only love. Can you believe there is only love? Can you look out at the world and believe there is only love? That's real hard to do. I can tell you I'm not there intellectually or perceptually. And yet I do believe that this universe was created in love by love for love. And so what I can believe is it's either love or it's on its way to love. It's either love or an opportunity to give love. And when you can begin to look at your world like that, then love matters. The love that you carry within your heart comes into manifestation in the world, in attitudes, in people's reactions, in the way we interact with people. And everybody, believe me, I have come to believe this is absolutely true. Everybody in your life is here for your good. They may not be in good to you at the moment, right? But they're here for your good. And sometimes the ones that drive you the craziest are the ones who have the most to teach you. And so rather than going, that guy drives me crazy, I'm out of here. That guy drives me crazy, me crazy. Is he actually driving or am I choosing craziness when I'm around him? And then I can learn, what is it that triggers that in me? Who might have nothing to do with him at all. It might have everything to do with me. And then what do I do? I need to give it some love. I need to change how I see. Love in Webster means this unselfish, loyal, and beneficent concern for the good of another. Can you do that? Even when somebody just seems pure evil to you, <clears throat> can you decide to give to the best of your ability unselfish and beneficent concern for their good? Because true good for somebody means that they don't behave as their worst selves. Right? This, I'm not talking about taking people who commit horrible crimes and going, and now you get to be loved. Well, I am talking about that. But not because the crime is loved, but because the crime was committed out of a lack of love. And if enough love gets to the person, the crime will no longer be committed. Amen. You cannot hold love in your heart and harm other people. If you think you are holding love in your heart while you harm other people, then what you are holding is not love. It is not beneficent concern for the good of another. And that is why so many churches can say, we love, but not you. Because you don't fit into our box or you weren't written into our book. Or we can say, we love you, and boy, can't wait to get my hands on you so we can change you, so you'll be okay. So you'll be okay. And love says, I don't care who you are. You're okay because fundamentally you are a child of God. And if there are behaviors that you want to change, I understand you're not going to change them in a place of hatred for yourself. So I'm just here to love you, and you get to do that at the speed that you want. You get to do it or not do it. But my task is to not allow my feelings around you to change. And it doesn't mean, oh, yay, he's here again. 
the one who's really abusive. <laughs> you don't have to do that. But you can go, oh, he's here again. I'm going to need all the love inside me to get through this day, to monitor my consciousness so that I don't start saying ugly words in my mind that I don't stay to him, but still are committing violence in the world. Violence plus violence equals violence. Hate plus hate equals hate. More hate. But when I send out thoughts of love, even if it's hard, like, and here's my favorite thing to do. Okay, God, I cannot love this guy today. I'm going to let you do it. <laughs> I'm going to let you do it. Right? I'm just going to stand over here and do the best I can, but I'm going to allow that love to flow through me from God. That is the best that we can ever do because the power is not ours. It does not originate with us. The power originates from that higher power, which I choose to call love. Another definition of love is uh, Scott Peck, who was a, um, a psychologist who was one of the early people who really married spirituality and psychology and said, actually, it's hard to do one without the other. And his definition of love, to extend ourselves for the spiritual growth or good of another. To extend ourselves for the spiritual growth or good. When you have someone coming at you with a hateful face and you are able to smile, you have no way of knowing whether that might be the first smile that that person has experienced. Today, in weeks, in months, in years. And it's not your business. It's not your business to fix them. It's, a business, it's your business to be the best of who you are in every situation. Pay attention. And then we might be able to see that everyone is a messenger. Everyone is showing us something about ourselves, some place in ourselves that we get to give love to and allow us to be more loving in the world. And then Jesus defined love in, in this way. Greater love hath no man than that he lay down his life for a friend. Now, does that mean if you want to help someone, you have to die for them? Probably not. That's a very rare thing that happens in the world where you physically die for the good of someone else. It's not unheard of. There are people who do it. But I don't believe that's what Jesus was talking about. When he said die, die to who you think you are. Die to an ego that says, oh, yeah. You did that to me, I'm doing that to you, and even worse. Die to a perception of the world that says, some of us are really good people, and the rest of you are really bad people. You have to die to that. That's what Jesus did long before he was crucified. What do you think having lunch with the tax gatherers and the prostitutes was about? He refused to be in a group of people that said, oh, only the good people sit here and the bad people sit there and never shall they mix. He was like, no, there are no bad people. I'm sitting over here. And if you aren't sitting over here, you might think about how loving you're actually being. And these people need my love. They actually want it. Actually, kind of more than y'all do. <laughs> because if your ego is in control, you're already self-satisfied. You don't need a lot of love from outside yourself. But when your ego is not in control, that's when you're open to receiving the love. 
Yeah. So you die to maybe your, your old world order. This idea that you may have been given from childhood that good people do these things and bad people do these things. Not there are some actions in the world that create a lot of good and there are some actions in the world that create a lot of harm, but labeling people as good and bad. When I know that whatever it was that created me created everything else. So how am I better? How am I better? Well, the answer is I'm not. So it's not about, it's about letting, dying to our cherished notions. One of my cherished notions was that um, I needed to save people. Part of that was from my alcoholic home. I was trying to make everybody okay. Part of that was from the fundamental religion that I came from that said, literally, I need to save you. And then I realized at some point that mine to do is to allow God to save whom God is saving. And I believe we're all safe in love, in love. But I had to let go of that cherished notion of the world. And that what was behind that cherished notion, y'all, I know it now, I didn't know it then, was no one will want me around if I'm not constantly doing things for them. It's only because... I consistently clean up the messes. It's only because I keep showing up. It's only because I bend myself over backwards that these people love me. And if I ever stop doing that, I will have no love in my life. That was a huge one that I carried around with me for years and years, and it affected every relationship. And at some point, I got sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I noticed that the people around me were feeling loved, but I wasn't feeling loved. And I was making up, I'm such a good person. Look at what I do for all these people. But I had this bargain going on. Therefore, you owe me. Look at all the good I did for you. It's time for payback. Well, they didn't sign that contract. They don't know anything about that. <laughs> and finally, I went, oh, if somebody needs to give me love, if I'm not feeling it, I am the only one that can allow that to happen. And it doesn't have to be like, oh, I love myself so much. It's I choose to believe I'm worthy of love and I allow the love that is here for me, I allow it into myself, I allow it into my heart, I allow it into my mind, I allow it into my consciousness. Because here's the thing, God's loving you all the time, but most of the time, God isn't banging something over your head to make you accept that love. You have to choose. And then back to, I am the thinker who thinks the thought. I get to choose. I get to choose love or not love in every moment. Love for myself or not love for myself. Love for you or not love for you. Love for the planet or disregard for the planet. Love or not love. And so we die to the old wor world order. We die to our judgment. We die to our cherished notions. We suspend belief and we dare to be love in the world. We dare to see the world differently or at least practicing it differently and see what happens. I say in here often, don't take my word for it. Try it. 
Hold it up to your own heart and see what sense it makes for you. And then try it. And if it doesn't work, I'm not here to convert you or save you. I believe that you have your own access to the God of love that lives in your soul. And you will find your salvation in that way. And by salvation, I simply mean the ability to live in love all the time. All the time. So, how do we love others? How do we um, love ourselves? How? First of all, it starts with courage. Because it's easy. Jesus said that too. It's easy to love the people who love you. Duh. You want a present for that? <laughs> love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. And the prayer isn't like, thank you, God, that I'm not like that person. <laughs> the prayer is, God, whatever pain that person is holding on to, allow them to feel that love is here for them so that they can release that pain. Pray for those who persecute you. And then I'm going to give you a couple of things that will work for you. Mindfulness. Be aware. If you're just going through your daily life and you're not thinking about anything, then I promise you are acting from your habits. And your habits may or may not serve you. But if you allow yourself to be aware in each moment, like, oh, this person did something, and that means, well, maybe it doesn't mean that. Maybe it means something else. Maybe it means that I get a chance today to not get triggered by something someone else does. Maybe it means that I get an opportunity to not live in my ego. Maybe I get to not judge them. Maybe I get to just leave them alone, bless their hearts. Maybe I even get to love them, send love to them in some way. But be aware, be present, pay attention. And when you pay attention, it can become very obvious. Is that love coming my way? Or is that a big call for, please help me, I need some love. And you can train yourself to hear the screaming person, to hear the words out of their mouths, not what it is that they're saying, but what's behind that word, which is, I need love. Help me, I'm drowning here. Because if you are spitting out words of hatred, you are drowning. And love is the only thing that can save you. And that's why we're here for each other. And what it takes besides courage and being aware is humility. We have to give up our idea that we know why he's doing that. Or even that I know why I'm doing that. I have to give up that idea. I have to allow myself to be vulnerable. I have to allow myself to not judge, but to begin to see the world as an opportunity to learn. The Buddhists call that beginner's mind. The only unteachable people are the people who already know. Anybody in here been a classroom teacher before? Yeah. The only unteachable students are the students that come and they think they already know. Mm -mm, I can't hear a word you're saying because I already know what I'm doing here. Beginner's mind. We open our mind. How many times do we do that? Is someone trying to explain something to you and you're going, uh-huh, yep, yeah, mm, yep, 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 know that, okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, hurry it up. Possibly there's something to learn. Maybe. Maybe. A little humility and an opening and allowing. 
ourselves to learn. And then that opens us up to curiosity. Well, if there was something to me to, for me to learn, and I'm not saying there is, I might really know it all, but if there was something to be learned, what might it be? How can I find out more about this? Ask the question. Ask the question of yourself. Ask the question of the other person. Have you ever been in a really big argument with someone where they're throwing vitriol at you and said, you know, I'm really interested. You use that word. I'm interested in that. Tell me more about that. <laughs> now, they may say, I don't have to tell you nothing. That's fine. It's not your job to fix them. But sometimes they say, well, what I mean is da 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 And if they talk enough, they'll say something that I am completely in agreement with. I have found this to be true every time. It's like, yeah, exactly. Me too. Never end an argument so quickly as when you agree with someone. And that doesn't mean you agree with everything about it, but you find a commonality. And that moment of commonality says, I'm a human needing love, and I see you as a human needing love. And rather than judging you by the words that came out of your mouth a minute ago, I'm choosing to see us as we are right here and right now, vulnerable and curious. And then a willingness to do it differently. You have to be aware. You have to be humble. Curiosity is a great tool to use, but you have to be willing for all of that to happen, and then you have to be willing to do it differently. Just this one time. Pick one thing today. If you can, remember one time today when someone's just bugging the you-know-what out of you to go, how could this be different? Can I use my awareness? I'm paying attention. Maybe this is a call for love. Hmm. Am I willing to be vulnerable? Am I reacting to them because of the hurt in me? Ooh, can I give myself some love so that I feel safe regardless of what they do? Because they're not the ones making me feel unsafe. And am I willing to do this differently? Am I willing to use my curiosity? Am I willing to use my love? Am I willing to simply not return hate for hate? which might mean just shutting my mouth. For me, that's the big thing. If I could shut my mouth for a minute, I should put that on my list. Shut your mouth. It's not true for all of you, but for me, sometimes I just need to get quiet because as long as I'm talking, that means I think I know. The moment I stop talking, I might be able to hear. So there is that willingness. And then what we are manifesting through the thoughts we are holding in mind is our oneness. We're already one. There's no difference between you and me. We are one, but we don't see it. We don't see it because of all of the patterns that have been embedded in our minds and in our hearts. But when we begin to do these things, to use our courage and our mindfulness and our humility and our curiosity and our willingness, then we make real, we realize oneness in the world. Oh, you're not so different from me as I thought. As a matter of fact, you know, the Dalai Lama says we all suffer. That's a commonality. No one in this world is not suffering. They may not look like it to you, but what they post on social media is not how they're living their lives, I promise you. Or what you see on the news of them is not the whole of them. And so we realize. And yes, this is overwhelming, 
But what else you got to do? Because <laughs> you don't have to stop doing anything else you're doing. You just had to add love to, to whatever it is. And I'm going to leave you with this quote from Robert Walsh from his book, Day of Promise. The meaning of a life is not contained within one act. As long as there is life in the world, the story of the world is still being told. Nothing is settled. And if nothing is settled, then everything matters. Everything matters. Thank you. So we're just going to take that into meditation for a moment. Just take in a deep breath and allow yourself to be grounded. Feel your feet on the floor and your sitting bones on your chair. Feel your shoulders poised above your hips and your head on your neck. and breathe this breath of life given freely in every moment. And take the opportunity to change your perception that this breath is not just oxygen. This breath is a manifestation of love. And we know that because we need it to live and we are given it in every moment. And so breathe in love. And when you breathe in love, love is what goes to every cell in your body. And when you exhale, you've been fortified with this love and it's easy to send it back out into the world knowing that you can't get rid of it, it's always coming back. Because love is an infinite source. It never runs dry. We take it in as energy or as thought or as feeling or as activity. And we send it back out. It's possibly changed, but the energy is the same. It doesn't go away. So we send that energy of love to bless others, knowing that everything that we give away comes back to us thousand times. And in this moment, before we release this prayer, I simply ask that you take a second to feel what you're feeling now, that breathing in and out of love. Feel what that feels like and know that it is available to you in every moment, every day, all the time, and you get to use it.
And as we use it, we become the healers of the world as we realize the oneness that is the truth of all of us. And we are so grateful to be a part of that magical, beautiful, spiritual, loving process. And so it is. And amen.